The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, I go solo as I discuss players that played both ways, offensively and defensively. The 60-Minute Men Month uh, begins now for our NFL history episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, no Andrew today, as we specified on yesterday's episode. He is enjoying uh, his son Jacoby's birthday, as I would hope. Uh, I would really hope that he would not choose podcasting over his son, and uh, he did the right thing. So, uh, But this month is a brand new theme. All right, brand new theme, as we specified, every single month, something new. And uh, yes, the 60-Minute Men is the theme for the month of August, players who played both sides of the ball, which is a lot more uncommon now. Way back in the day, a, a lot more frequent. But um, current times, not really looked fondly upon, especially with the amount of money that goes into uh, goes into a lot of these players. But back in the day, way back in the origins of the NFL, uh, it was a good way to make a little bit more money, for sure, playing two sides of the ball. Um and honestly, like football was not as position specific as it is today, if that makes any sense. It was very common for a guy, um, and we're going to talk about, just run through some of them uh, today, some of the best of all time. And obviously, you know, we'll, we'll discuss them in more detail uh, when we do their episodes. But it wasn't uncommon for a guy to be, you know, uh, play on offense, be like a running back or an edge or whatever the heck the positions were at that time, go play defense, and also be the head coach. All right? This is a very, very common thing um, back in the early days of the NFL, the rough and wild period, which is uh, it's a cool it's, – it's kind of a cool time frame because uh, it's, it's nothing like – Nowadays, we've we've tried to you know we've looked at it for fan like retro fantasy stuff, the retro fantasy episodes, and there's just no way we could ever pull off a retro fantasy episode with players from that time period from that era because it's just it's just too chaotic. Um, and the positions were way different. Everything uh, the game of football was night and day different uh, than what it is today. But uh, sixty minute men. Players who play both sides of the ball. Uh, it's you see it a lot more in high school football a lot. I know in my high school, uh, it wasn't uncommon for a player to be uh, on both offense and defense. Unfortunately, uh, a guy who's uh, who was on my wrestling team, he got hurt. He hurt his back really bad and uh, missed his entire senior wrestling season. Really good wrestler too. Uh, missed his entire senior wrestling season and. Uh, because of a bad back injury that he suffered in the middle of a game, uh, just exhaustion playing both sides of the ball. Um, but yeah, it, it's 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 ferocious. It's exhausting. Uh, it's a very very tough thing to do 
we all know that it's not actually 60 minutes, right? I think I think we've all ter- told our significant others at one point um, or another, hey, there's five minutes left in the game. I'll be good when it's done. And 20 minutes go by, and yeah, maybe that's exaggerating. Maybe like 15, 10, 15 minutes go by, and uh, the game is still going on. Imagine that, though. Imagine that. Three hours, obviously with a little halftime, having to play both sides of the ball. And you have to be obviously really, really good to do it. Really, really talented to be able to do it um, and, and, and be good at it. But there are a lot of great names that were, were able to able to do that. Some people just love the game of football. And just especially in the, in the 1920s, 30s, when the money wasn't nearly as, I mean, nothing is nearly as good as it is today. But when a lot of, when money wasn't like, you couldn't live off NFL income, right? You couldn't just, you'd play, but you couldn't just live off of it. It wasn't anything significant, especially if you're a lower-end player, especially that. Uh, You know, a guy that we're going to talk about this month, I'm sure we're going to get an episode on him, is Chuck Benderick, Concrete Charlie, uh, who played both sides of the ball, and in the summertime he did concrete work because there was more money in it. Right, um, it's it, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't great, but people more so back then played for the love of the game, and it, it was nice side cash. Right, it, back then it was football was trying to just even trying to be popular, let alone compete with baseball. Baseball was back then what football is to this day. It was heralded as the greatest thing. Crowd. I mean, they still get big crowds. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, it was not as football was not as cherished back then as it was now. So you had to fill rosters, um, and teams could only pay a certain afford to pay a certain amount of people. A lot of teams folded back in those early nineteen twenties and thirties too, um, before things got a little bit more organized and a little bit more concrete. So some people had to play uh, both sides of the ball. When I was uh, when I played my one year of high school football um i just i got so invested in wrestling and being a wrestler that i just didn't want to do it but it you know i i played a a defensive lineman and offensive line which is you know a little bit more common place that's the common thing with high schools i think linemen occasionally you know you get a running back that plays like a linebacker safety stuff like that stuff at the youth level which is actually a little concerning uh, when you really think about it, how, how much you're putting on some of these kids. But, um, you know, burnout is real. But at the professional level, it's 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 a lot. It takes a huge toll, especially with some of the hits that guys take, right? If you get hit the wrong way on, you know, if you hit it, get hit the wrong way while playing offense, then your defense is going to suffer, and it's not like this league nowadays is a plug-and-play kind of thing like it used to, right? Um, guys are paid an exorbitant amount of money because they're really great at the position that they play. Standouts, significant. Um, and they're paid to be the best version of themselves for that position. So a guy like Derrick Henry, who is a massive man, I think we all know this. We've seen him uh, just bully people. He's lightning quick. Uh, if a guy like Derrick Henry, just putting things in modern perspective, but if a guy like Derrick Henry 
goes and plays uh, plays both sides of the ball. Right, he's a superstar running back. That he's that's what he's getting paid big money for. The Tennessee Titans offense revolves around Derrick Henry. Plays both sides of the field. Gets hurt on a defensive play, where hey, you could have just paid somebody else to to play that position. Uh, your entire team is going to suffer. All right, it's that's the that's the scary thing about. Uh, both sides of the ball is it's the high risk of injury. I mean, we're seeing it right now, right? We're going through training camp and injury rates are just as high as they ever been. We have a couple, several torn ACLs. All right. Broncos camp had two. I just seen somebody from the Ravens had one today. Uh, it, we're trying to eliminate injuries, right? We're trying to eliminate those injuries. So players can have uh long-term success, be healthy, make a lot of money and just be their best, be what you know they're paid to be in, in the best that they can be at their position. Uh, the injury rate would skyrocket, and it's already dangerously high. I remember, you know, 2017 was the year of, like, backup quarterbacks, right? Case Keenum, Nick Foles, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, there were so many, like, there was just so many people and players that were, were filling in. Fantasy football was a mess back then too. I don't miss that. But um, but yeah, we're gonna keep this episode really quick. Obviously, it's it's always better when it's a discussion style episode. But um, I just wanted to run through some of the the best two way players of all time. Some of the sixty minute uh, men. I know I know we're gonna do a concrete Charlie episode, but we will touch on him. Um, all right, we're gonna talk Lou Groza. Lou Groza. He played for a long time. Started with the Cleveland. Um, um, with the Cleveland Browns way back in the day, the AAFC, I think was the division, uh, that, um, that league, uh, from 46 to 59 and then played from 61 to 67. That's a 21, 22 year NFL career playing both sides of the ball. Nine time pro bowler. He was a offensive tackle. Uh, I mean, this one kind of cut. He's a kicker too. Right, kicker's a specialty position. It's not as physical as playing offensive line and defensive line, but um, an offensive tackle kicking field goals like that's you never see that nowadays. Not even close. Not even the same body type. <laughs> right? We want our kickers nice and sleek and 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 uh, you know speedy and powerful. But offensive linemen we want a big, beefy, strong. Powerful in their own respective ways. It would never fly today. Uh, Les Richter. He uh, he played for the Los Angeles Rams between 1954 and 1962. He was a linebacker, an offensive guard, and a kicker. All right, that's a lot. That's a lot. Can you imagine? Oh man, you get off the you you shut down a defense. You get off the field. And you got to go flip on the other side and block people just like you. Put that put that into perspective. These these two way players, right? Great linebacker, eight time Pro Bowler, two All Pro selections. Was shut down this defense just so you can go on the other side and have to protect protect my quarterback from people just like just like you. No, thank you. <laughs> I am good, especially back then. You sure as hell were not paying me enough to be able to do that. Um, world famous Bobby Lane was a two way player in a sense quarterback he's also a uh, a significant kicker uh bobby lane the curse of bobby lane people have heard about that again detroit lions uh got shipped to uh p 
Pittsburgh, and uh, he was that good. He was just that good. A little bit of a drunkard, a little bit of a party boy, and that's what got him in trouble a lot. He did curse Detroit for tra- sending him to Pittsburgh, but um, you know he was part of the all fifties, uh, the fifties all decade team, five time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know it's it's hard. Like I mean, another thing too, like quarterback play is so diverse now. There's probably some people on the other uh, other end of this this podcast being like, "Oh God, you know, what is this guy talking about? He's just bootlicking these football players." It is complicated, right? All the uh, you have so much to focus on. That's why, I like backup quarterbacks, they you know they're, they're kind of the holders. But man, if you're a starting QB, uh, which Bobby Lane was, Bobby Lane was one of the most prominent players of the 1950s, and. You know, there's so much to know. X's knows the game is so much more complicated than what you think it is. We've dabbled in a fo- into film study last year. We're getting ready to get back into it. Uh, actually, this upcoming week, myself and Brian, and it's insane. It, it, it's insane. It's too much stuff to focus on. And if you're going to be the best, you have to divulge all your time in being the best. I've said that a lot this episode already. It's only 12 minutes in, 13 minutes in. Gross. Um, Red Bedgrow, he was offensive end as well as a defensive end. Offensive end was kind of like a, that was their receivers back then, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Played between 1927 and 1936 for the Yankees, Giants, and Brooklyn Dodgers. And yes, those are all football team names. That's what they did back then. Um, Yeah, see, I was right. All right, he uh, had 35 catches for 560 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, and he was an all-pro four times. So, obviously, the passing game was a lot different back then. But uh, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Wide receiver and then go play DN. That might actually be kind of fun. <laughs> that might be kind of fun. Even though, again, the pa- again, like I said, the passing rules were a lot different then. Uh, defensive players could have their way with you if they wanted. And you could just be on the ground the entire game. Uh, another one, Alex, I can't even pronounce this name, Wachachowicz. <laughs> he was a linebacker and a center for the Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Again, same uh, same kind of idea as Les Richter. Exhausting. Um, exhausting. He was all pro twice, won two NFL championships, and he is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, probably one of the most famous, one of the most famous ones, which I'm sure we're going to talk about him, is George Blanda. George Blanda. I think uh, Andrew pulled up the stat. He was the first ever fantasy football player drafted, ever. Way back, way back in the day, he played for a long time. Um, really good kicker, but he did play quarterback. He was a uh, utility knife sort of player. Utility knife in a way. Um, Hall of Famer. All-Pro twice, AFL All-Time Team, and he uh, he played for the Bears, Colts, Bears, again, unless they listed it twice, Oilers and Oakland Raiders. Go look up pictures of George Blanda. All right, this dude is he's something else. All right, a couple years ago, there was a meme out about um, uh, like a player comparison thing at, at age, like, there was a picture of George Blanda, like 40-something years old, and Tom Brady. Uh, that's George Blanda. <laughs> that is George. That was George Blanda. There's a noticeable difference between um, how young that Tom Brady looks compared to how young that 
George Blaine a lot. I think George Blaine might like smoke cigarettes on the sidelines, heavy drinks, drink something like that. But Blando was an absolute legend. Um, here's one, one of the early, earliest and first superstars of uh, in NFL history, the Galloping Ghost, Red Grange, who uh, he was one of the the great running backs in the early nineteen hundreds, the early days of the NFL, being you know the NFL. Uh, running was everything, right? Passing rules were different. Incomplete pass for the longest time, many people don't know this, uh, was a turnover. If you, it, it, would, it would turn over to the other team wherever the ball landed. It was a turnover. If you did not complete a pass, it was a turnover. That's why a lot of passing yard numbers are down. And like, people legit are like wild when they're like, oh, these old quarterbacks. Um, you know, not even close. The rules are different. Obviously, the rules have changed to benefit uh, quarterbacks nowadays. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of where, uh, you know, Red Grange was that dude. And uh, he was a really good defensive back as well. Really solid defensive back. Did a good job with uh, just playing both sides of the ball. He's absolutely immortalized. A lot of people have heard of Red Grange. In fact, uh his whole draft was a whole was a, was a fun story on its own, but he was one of the early superstars, like marketable superstars of the uh, of the National Football League. So Red Grange, uh, Jimmy Conselman, head coach, owner, quarterback, defensive back. What a role! What a role that must be um, to, to have all those. But that again, that was com- commonplace. Commonplace. All nineteen twenties. Uh, he's nineteen twenties. All decade team. Two time NFL champion. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Sammy Baugh. A lot of people love uh, talking about Sammy Baugh. Great quarterback. He also played defensive back and punter for t- for the team. Uh, six overall pick in thirty seven. Two NFL Player of the Year awards. Uh, and he retired in fifty two. You know, it's. Uh, Long career, all 1940s decade. I keep saying all first. 1940s all decade team. Uh, Sammy Baugh is, is great. Jim Thorpe, another very, one of the most popular and marketable superstars of the early days of the National Football League. Um, gold medal athlete, 1912 in the pentathlon and the decathlon. And uh, legit any position you could think of, Jim Thorpe played. I think he was the officially, I think... Was he the first NFL president? I could be mistaken. But there's a giant statue of him. No, I don't want Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. Um, there's a giant statue of him at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, oh, let's see. Coached a whole bunch. Played baseball. I mean, this dude was everything. Um, yeah, I'm not going to bury myself in a hole too much more. I'm sure Jim Thorpe episode is probably, probably, <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. So, um, but anyways, he uh, he's, he did pretty well for himself. To, again, both sides of the ball, all, every position you can think of, just one of the greatest athletes of all time. Uh, Gino Capaletti. Not in the Hall of Fame, but he was the 1964 NFL or excuse me, AFL MVP, wide receiver, and a kicker. Concrete Charlie, we've talked about, linebacker and center. Bronco Nagurski, another very early on uh, superstar back in the day. Fullback. And uh, 
He also played defensive lineman. He was pretty good at that. And, uh, yeah, Bronco was scary good. Scary good. I think he dabbled in pro wrestling as well after his career was over. But, um, yeah, he was a big dude. Big, strong dude. So, but those are some of the names. I don't know exactly who we're going to pick uh, out. I think Andrew might have choice. Maybe I have choice. I really do want to talk about some of these old players. But uh, I'll chat with Andrew before. And uh, next Friday, in the next couple Fridays, we'll have episodes out for you specializing in 60-minute Ironmen. And uh, a lot of great legends. I always love talking about the old-school football days. But that is it. Uh, make sure you tune in tomorrow, NFL, our fantasy football duo, and uh, get to see uh, here from the fantasy mailbag. I had a couple good questions sent in by our Facebook fans, uh, Facebook likers. We appreciate all the questions. And, uh, yeah, myself and Ryan Hall-Bailey will uh, we'll answer those questions the best of our ability. But thank you so much for tuning in, as always. And on behalf of myself, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, it's fine.